0: I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and I am so excited to announce that as of today, May 8th, my Declutter Your Motherhood audio course is now for sale. Let me tell you what this course is all about. As a mom, sometimes it might feel like your mind is an overstuffed closet. If you were able to peek in there, you'd see baskets full of expectations for yourself and shelves about to break from the weight of your mental load. Shoved in the back corner behind the boxes full of your kids' extracurricular activities and your responsibilities at church, work, and home, there are probably some dusty dreams that you put aside years ago and have pretty much forgotten about. And across everything in that closet, there's a subtle layer of shame that has been collecting for years for all the things that you're not doing or that you think you're not doing well enough. If only you could hire a professional organizer to get in there and declutter your mind of all those shoulds, like they would declutter a Pinterest worthy closet. Well, you can't hire someone else to do this for you, but you can learn how to declutter your motherhood using the same steps that you'd use to organize a physical space like a closet. And I will teach you how. My brand new audio course is a step by step guide to help you inventory your overwhelm, edit your expectations, and make room for more joy. I designed this course with busy moms in mind, so it is 100% audio with no need to sit down at a computer or log in to watch a bunch of videos. You'll listen to the 10 info-packed lessons via a private podcast feed while you're on the go in the midst of your busy mom life. The course also includes a 25-page workbook to prompt deeper thinking and reflection so you can actually apply what you've learned after you listen. To celebrate the launch of Declutter Your Motherhood, the course is significantly discounted through May 16, and it includes a limited-time bonus of three group Q&A calls with me, one in June, one in July, and one in August. Having these three live calls on your calendar will give you accountability to actually get through the course material instead of putting it off forever like I sometimes do when I purchase online courses. These calls will also give you a place to get your personal questions about the Declutter Your Motherhood process answered by me and to hear from other women about their epiphanies and takeaways. So if you're feeling overwhelmed and weighed down by expectations in your motherhood and you want to feel more confident, clear, and connected to yourself and your children, enroll in the Declutter Your Motherhood audio course today. Go to 3 and 30 podcastcom declutter before May 18th to get the discounted price plus bonuses. That's 3 and 30 podcastcom slash declutter. Welcome to 3 and 30 a podcast to help you feel more like yourself within your motherhood. Each 30-minute episode features three actionable takeaways to help you become a more self-assured mom, someone who knows yourself, honors your needs, and loves your people. Listen in to feel encouraged as we learn together how to overcome overwhelm and find more magic in motherhood. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. I'm so glad you're here. My friends, yes, as you just heard, it's Declutter Your Motherhood Launch Day. This is a day I have been working towards for years, truly, since I started teaching this workshop live to in person groups back in 2018. I've wanted to create an on demand version so more moms would be blessed by the life changing content and I am so grateful to be able to celebrate this milestone with you just in time for Mother's Day. I purposely planned for the launch of my course to happen around Mother's Day because it's truly a very special day for me when I spend a lot of time thinking about the impacts that mothers have on their children. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you may know that my mother passed away from breast cancer in 2003 when I had just turned 19 years old. A Mother's Day two years later, so May 2005, I was missing my mom so much that I sat down and wrote her a letter. I poured out my heart and told her all about the past two years and the ups and downs she'd missed out on and how much we missed her and needed her. It felt so healing to get to talk to her in that way again that I decided I would write her a letter every year on Mother's Day, and I have done that in the 18 years since. I'm so grateful that I started this tradition to write my mom a yearly letter because now it has become sort of the autobiography of my life— and I love reading back through my letters and realizing how much I've learned and grown over the years. I generally don't share these letters. They're just for me and probably for my children and grandchildren someday. But in today's episode, I've decided that I want to read you some excerpts from a few of my Mother's Day letters from over the years because I feel like they capture perfectly why I created Declutter Your Motherhood. This course is all about identifying your expectations for yourself as a mom, both your conscious and subconscious expectations, and asking yourself where they came from, if they actually fit you, and if they bring you joy. I'll start by reading you an excerpt from the letter I wrote to my mom for Mother's Day in 2017, before I had started 3 and 30. This was kind of a sad letter because I'd had some big health issues that year, and I think you'll hear that in my tone. I start out, Dear Mama, Another year gone by with highs and lows to share. I hate to always focus these Mother's Day letters on the lows, but sometimes when the trials are big, they do become a major focus of the year and what I need to share with you. Oh, how I desperately long for your day-to-day involvement in the hard experiences in my life, your advice, your reassurance, and your help. The letter continues with me telling my mom about my health issues and how they had led to a major bout of depression— And then in the midst of my discussion of that, there's this line that really stood out to me today as I read back through the letter. I wrote, On top of everything else, I'm unfulfilled at home, struggling to fit myself into a role as a stay-at-home mother that I feel is expected of me, but has never really fit. That line, struggling to fit myself into a role that I feel is expected of me, but has never really fit, is exactly what decluttering your motherhood is all about. In the course, I invite you to examine your definition of a good mom and then ask yourself if you consciously chose that definition or if you unconsciously adopted it because of outside influences. Sometimes we assume this is just the way good mothers do it, based on what we've seen modeled or what we've soaked in from our culture, when really there is no one-size-fits-all formula for the best way to mother. What matters is if our motherhood fits us, with all of our unique strengths, circumstances, and desires. As the Mother's Day letter to my mom goes on, it's obvious that I was beginning to take small steps towards building a motherhood life that better fit me, and I'm just so proud of myself for doing that because it is not easy. Here's another excerpt. The kids are doing so well, mom. They are strong-willed spitfires who definitely give me a run for my money, but I adore them and all of their spunk. My favorite thing to do with Noah is read him chapter books before bed. We love to snuggle and get lost in the stories. My favorite thing to do with Sally is rock her to sleep before her nap. It's the one time of the day that she's still and lets me snuggle her, and I always hold her for a few minutes longer before I lay her down and just breathe her in and reflect on how incredibly blessed I am to be her mom. I don't love being a full-time stay-at-home mom, but I love being a mom. Those kids are my world, and I want to be my best for them. I want to teach them to have gratitude, joy, generosity, and kindness. I'm starting to realize that to give them my best, I need more time to do my own thinking, writing, and connecting with other people. And that's okay. Noah will be in full-day school next year, first grade, and I've decided to sign Sally up for a full-day preschool four days a week so I can get a part-time job or maybe start the podcast that I've been dreaming about for the past few years. The decision to send Sally to school when she's only three years old has come with so much guilt and anxiety for me. In a way, I feel like I'm giving up on trying to be a good stay-at-home mom, or copping out on what I've been taught is my God-given responsibility to nurture. But I also think that God wants me to be happy and to use my gifts well. So after hours of worrying about it, I've decided to just try it and see how it goes. I'm not sure what the next year will hold for me, but I hope that it includes more joy, fulfillment, and health. I hope that my letter to you next Mother's Day will be much more upbeat with lots of happy developments to report. I love you, Mom. You are irreplaceable and never forgotten not for a single minute. Love, Rachel. Reading back over that letter now, I just want to cheer for that younger version of myself who wasn't sure what the next year would hold for her, but was giving herself permission to try something different and to take small steps towards her desires. This is what it looks like to declutter your motherhood of shoulds, or the heavy expectations that don't fit you. And in today's episode, I want to share a bit more of my declutter your motherhood journey with you, as well as share three personal takeaways that I learned about myself and for myself along the way. Before I tell my story, let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Hatch, the ingenious smart clock that has helped over 3 million kids and parents get restful sleep. When my son Noah was about 3, we started using what we called his light-turns-green clock to help him stay in his room until a relatively decent time in the morning. We could manually set the clock to turn green at a time of our choosing so he knew when he was allowed to leave his room. We used this same clock for quiet time so he didn't have to come out of his room 500 times to ask me when it would be over. While this clock was awesome, it was a lot of work to open it up from the back and manually set it each day depending on when quiet time was starting or when we actually got Noah to bed. By the time our daughter Sally came along a few years later, we had found the hatch rest and it changed everything. It had the same light turns green functionality along with lots of other color options, but it was all accessible from an easy-to-use app on my phone. I didn't have to open up the back of the clock and manually set the color changes each day. I could simply adjust the time that I wanted the light to turn green from my phone. Plus, it included a built-in sound machine to keep Sally asleep longer. Ingenious, I tell you. The new and improved second-generation Hatch Rest makes sleep better and more magical for your entire family. The all-in-one Hatch Rest is a smart sleep device with a sound machine and nightlight that grows with your kids. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners up to 15% off your purchase of a Hatch Rest and free shipping at Hatch.co slash 3 30 So if you're ready for improved sleep for your kids and yourself, go to Hatch.co slash 3 30 to get up to 15% off and free shipping. That's Hatch.co slash 3 30 This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Have you ever set your alarm early hoping to catch a few quiet moments and then a child woke up sick? Or you plan to take a shower and have a good breakfast, but then your child called from school asking you to bring their homework folder that they left on the table? The list goes on with demands of taking care of home and family needs. I want to validate you that your needs as a mom do matter. Sometimes it feels impossible to prioritize ourselves, but please don't give up. This is one of the reasons I'm so grateful to meet regularly online with my therapist. It's so helpful to have that appointment on the calendar, to talk about my well-being and troubleshoot when needed. And even if my child randomly has to stay home sick with a cold, I don't have to cancel my appointment because it's all online and I can do it from home. If you think therapy would help you to prioritize your own care, give BetterHelp Online Therapy a try. Just fill out their quick online questionnaire and you'll be matched with the therapist in about 48 hours. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com 3in30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, 3in30. Okay, as I begin my story, I want to make sure I say up front that this is just my personal experience, and I am not making any sort of statement about the fulfillment of stay-at-home moms versus work-outside-the-home moms. I know many women who are incredibly fulfilled as stay-at-home moms and who absolutely rock that role. I also want to tell you up front that I'm going to be talking a bit about my religious beliefs and upbringing and how that impacted my motherhood. And again, I am speaking totally about my own experience, not anyone else's, even women who were raised in the same church as I was. And maybe you weren't raised in any church and have no religious beliefs, and that is fine too. Even though my specific experiences may not resonate with you, I hope you'll listen for the bigger lesson about how important it is to declutter your motherhood of whatever outside influences put pressure on you and your definition of a good mother, be that religion or family of origin or difficult experiences from your life, career, friends, social media. The list of influences that tell us the kind of mother that we, quote, should be is very long, and each of us will have some influences that impact us more than others. So going back to that letter to my mom when I admitted that I was unfulfilled by trying to fit myself into a role as a stay-at-home mom that was expected of me but never really fit, where did that come from? Why did I decide that to be a good mom, I had to be a stay-at-home mom? Of course, there are probably lots of factors, but the obvious one for me is my religious upbringing. When I was growing up, it was definitely taught in sermons and as part of Sunday school lessons that a woman's divine role and primary responsibility is to nurture her children, and whenever possible, she should do that as a stay-at-home mom. It was okay for women who, quote, had to work outside the home due to the death or divorce of their spouse or a really heavy financial situation, but it was clear to me that whenever possible, a righteous woman would want to stay home with her children. This messaging makes me cringe now, but honestly, it never bothered me as a child or a teenager because I loved and admired so many incredible women from my church community who were stay-at-home moms, including my own mother. These women were smart, funny, involved in our community, steady presences in their children's lives, and just good. I wanted to be like them, and I thought it would be easy for me to be like them. Because, after all, if it was my divine purpose, God would help me do it. Fast forward a few years, I got married quite young, I was only 21 years old at the time, but I didn't want to have a family right away. I had always wanted to be a teacher, and I was bound and determined to pursue that for a few years before I willingly set it aside to stay home with my children. So I did. I taught high school English for six years, and I absolutely loved it. I thrived in that role and found so much fulfillment in it, and my heart was also pulled towards motherhood a few years in. We went through several years of infertility before our son Noah came to us via adoption, So by the time he arrived, I was extra ready to step into the role of mother. This role that I had been taught from the time I was very young was my divine calling. And without any hesitation, I quit my teaching job that I loved so I could stay home and nurture my miracle baby full-time. Oh my goodness, I was not prepared for the difficulty of that transition. (laughs) I went from doing work that I loved and naturally excelled at to doing work that was brand new to me and honestly completely outside of my natural skill set. Noah was colicky and the days at home with him were so long and arduous, with me trying to figure out how to care for a baby, a house, and myself. I think this transition is hard for every new mother, but I added a lot of unnecessary suffering onto myself because I felt so guilty for feeling this way. If this was my divine calling, why was it so hard for me? If I was supposed to be a natural nurturer, Why couldn't I figure this out? If this is what God wanted for me, then why did I feel so miserable? I wish I could say this was just the first year, but I continued to feel very lost and unfulfilled as Noah got older and then as Sally joined our family through IVF. Don't misunderstand me. I loved my babies fiercely and completely, but no matter how many years I spent working at it, stay-at-home motherhood never really got easier for me. I read all the baby and toddler books, I planned family outings and fun adventures, I tried to build routines for our days and the care of our home, and I read my scriptures, journaled, and prayed more than ever. But despite all my efforts, I still felt like I was stuck in a role that just didn't fit me. And I hated myself for that. In fact, the self-loathing became so heavy that I developed an eating disorder and ended up in intensive counseling. And it was when I was going through therapy that I slowly started to ask God new questions when I prayed. Instead of asking him, why am I so broken? Why can't my divine role and responsibility to nurture my children come more naturally to me? I started asking him, do you love me as I am? Is it possible that you made me how I am for a reason? Is it possible that the way that I nurture my children doesn't have to look like any other woman's way of nurturing? Over many months, these prayers continued and became an ongoing conversation about what makes a good mother and what God wanted for me in my life, what I wanted for me in my life. Although I didn't know it at the time, I was decluttering my motherhood of heavy expectations and shoulds and making room for more joy. And that brings us to where we started, with that letter to my mom where I told her I was going to either start working part-time or start my podcast. We all know how that ended up. It is truly wild to me the path that my life has taken, With God right by my side every step of the way. Turns out He didn't need me to fit myself into a box. I could be a good mother and use my love of teaching for work outside of my home. This truth was really brought home for me one spring day as I was sitting at my desk working, and I got a text from Sally's preschool teacher. I opened it up and saw a photo of Sally in her little hot pink coat, cheeks rosy from the crisp morning air, beaming with pride as she held a chicken in the preschool's little backyard coop. I stared at that photo, and the reality of just how well my children were doing in spite of the fact that I was working came washing over me. Right then, I opened my Instagram app to share this precious photo with my family and friends, and I wrote a heartfelt caption about what I had learned about myself and my motherhood over the last year. This is what I wrote. Over a year ago, I admitted out loud how much I disliked being a stay-at-home mom. It was hard for me to admit because I come from a religious culture where women are encouraged to be home with their children, and so many women whom I deeply admire have chosen this. It just always seemed like what I should do, but more than that, it seemed like what I wanted to do. But six years into it, after struggling every single day to do it well and find fulfillment in it, I looked in the mirror and realized at my core, this is not what I want. This doesn't fit. Only I can give my children a happy and fulfilled mother. No one else can give that to them. And I truly believe that's what God wants for them and for me as well. So in the fall, I decided to put Sally in full-day preschool four days a week so I could work part-time. I didn't even know what I would be doing for work, but I knew I needed to try a different plan for our family. So I researched and found a lovely Waldorf preschool that I felt so peaceful about, and I signed her up. When her teacher sent me this photo of Sally hugging a chicken this morning— While I was sitting at my desk doing work that I love, the podcast that I started in October, I was filled with gratitude. Sally is so happy. She is thriving. She is getting experiences at preschool that I never would have given her because her teachers have different beautiful talents and passions than I do. I have realized that, yes, a mother's role is to nurture her children, but that can include finding nurturing opportunities for them. That can include allowing other amazing people to nurture them as well. And it certainly must include modeling for them how to nurture their own God-given gifts, strengths, and desires, so they never feel like they have to stay in a box that just doesn't fit. I'm so grateful for my life. I'm so grateful for my children's teachers. I'm grateful for the decision I made a year ago to follow the whisperings of my heart and believe that the story God has planned for me can be unique and tailored and still so very right. Writing that caption felt like the resolution of years of struggle for me, as I articulated everything that I had decluttered from my definition of good motherhood and voiced some of my new beliefs about God. Now, maybe as you've listened to this long story, you've wondered where my usual three takeaways are. And though these are not at all like my usual takeaways, because they are so personal to me and my story, I do want to share with you three new beliefs that I uncovered as I decluttered my motherhood of shoulds and accepted more of who I really am. These three truths have been an anchor for me in the years since, as I've made room for more joy in my motherhood by more fully embracing my gifts and dreams. So my three truths are, first, being primarily responsible for the nurture of my children does not mean that I have to do all of the nurturing myself. I can facilitate nurturing opportunities for them and seek out other great mentors to nurture and love them too. Second, my gifts and desires are God-given. He made me how I am for a reason. I am fulfilling the measure of my creation when I use those gifts. And third, God wants me to be happy and have joy in who I am, just as I would want that for my children. It's not selfish to bring the fullness of myself to my life. And just because I know that that's a lot to unpack, it took me years to do it. Let me read those to you one more time. First, Being primarily responsible for the nurture of my children does not mean that I have to do all of the nurturing myself. I can facilitate nurturing opportunities for them and seek out other great mentors to nurture and love them, too. Second, my gifts and desires are God-given. He made me how I am for a reason. I am fulfilling the measure of my creation when I use those gifts. And third, God wants me to be happy and have joy in who I am, just as I would want that for my children. It's not selfish to bring the fullness of myself to my life. So those are my three truths, and maybe they resonate with you, maybe they don't. As I mentioned at the beginning, I know many of you listening are very fulfilled as stay-at-home mothers, and I think that's amazing. And many of you listening have a completely different understanding of God or no belief in God, and that's fine too. The purpose of this episode isn't to transfer my beliefs about motherhood onto you— It's to invite you to do the work to unpack your beliefs about motherhood and find the deeper truths that resonate with you in your unique journey. If you're not sure how to do that, that's what the Declutter Your Motherhood course is all about. I walk you through three steps to decluttering a physical space and teach you how to apply those steps to the internal clutter that you're carrying for yourself as a mother, the heavy expectations, negative self-talk, and overly busy schedules. And to be clear, the course isn't religious, I just used some religious examples in today's episode because they fit with my life, but this is totally applicable to any mother from any belief system. Together, we will inventory your overwhelm, edit your expectations, and make room for more joy. Over 300 women have gone through this process with me when I taught my workshops live, and Julie in Arizona said this after the course. My biggest epiphany was that there is a reason why I have what I do in my internal motherhood closet. Being told to just simplify has never actually worked for me in real life because I never understood why I was holding so tight to what I was doing, thinking, and feeling in the first place. Understanding the origin of some of my shoulds helped me to see them for what they were and for the first time, take action and make lasting positive change, even within just a few days of the workshop. This was huge for me. I love hearing that, and that's why I wanted to turn my live workshop into an on-demand audio course so more moms could access it and listen to the 10 audio lessons on the go in the midst of their busy mom lives. As I mentioned, this course will be available via a private podcast feed so you can listen on your daily walk or your commute to work, while you do dishes or while you drive carpool. It also includes a 25-page workbook to prompt deeper thinking and reflection so you can actually apply what you've learned after you listen. I have woven in tons of examples from real moms who've taken my workshop and I even included some audio clips from a few of them so you can hear their unique process of decluttering their motherhood. I wanted to simulate the experience of an in-person workshop as closely as I could, while also giving you the chance to complete the course at your own pace in the timing that works for you. Another way that I created the course to simulate a live workshop experience is that I'm including a buy one, give one pass with every purchase. So when you sign up, you will be able to invite a friend or sister to do the course with you for free. We hope this will help you stay accountable to actually finishing the course and give you someone to discuss the life-changing content with. And don't worry if you can't think of anyone to invite to take the course with you. You can totally do it on your own, and we will gift your unused free pass to a mom in the 3 and 30 community with financial need. So this buy one, give one is truly a win-win all around. One of the moms who took my course in early 2020 named Eliza said this, I've done a fair amount of reading and research when it comes to parenting and personal growth, so I was nervous to spend the money on the course if it was going to be the same old information. I'm so happy to say my nervousness was unfounded and this course was so worthwhile. Through Rachel's thoughtful format and self searching questions, she really helped me clarify what my style and goals are, which I thought I already knew, but I didn't, and how I can get there. Because of this workshop, I've already taken concrete action steps and I've never been happier as a mom because I feel like I'm finally doing the things that matter to me and that equally benefit my kids. This course is amazing and can benefit anyone. If in doubt, just do it. I have to say, I agree with Eliza. This course can benefit anyone. And if you're in doubt, just do it. You can go to 3in30podcast.com slash declutter to sign up. I want to end the episode by reading you one final excerpt from a Mother's Day letter to my mom written just a year after the excerpt I read at the beginning of the episode. I think it captures the joy that can come from decluttering heavy shoulds and embracing your unique gifts and desires without shame. You hear a completely different tone in my voice in this letter. This is a portion of what I wrote to my mom in May 2018. My Dearest Mama I sit here at my desk in Haley, Idaho, overlooking a beautiful green mountain, and I feel content and grateful. We made the move here just about a year ago, and it feels like a perfect fit for our family. I think we will stay here for a long, long time, and that feels right. In October of last year, I started a podcast for mothers, and I love it. It's going so incredibly well. Each Monday, I air a 30-minute episode with three doable takeaways for moms to try in their homes that week. When I started it, I had no idea how much time it would take, but it has given me new energy and hope in my life because it's such a perfect fit for my talents. We'll see where it takes me and what opportunities come from this. For now, I'm just enjoying sharing my heart and sharing such valuable information with the thousands of mothers who tune in each week. The guests whom I've had on have been so wise, and I am learning so much about motherhood from my conversations with them, so it definitely blesses our family as well as thousands of others. I can't believe when I wrote to you a year ago, I mentioned wanting to start a podcast, and now it's happened. It truly feels like a dream come true. The kids are doing amazing in their schools, and we are all thriving. Motherhood is always an evolving endeavor for me, full of highs and lows, but I do feel like I'm becoming better at it and because of it. I'm more patient and self-controlled than ever due to the practice I get every day as a mother. Mom, we miss you. I miss you. I always will. It feels so unfair that you aren't here to meet these grandkids and to guide me through the experience of parenting them, but I'm so grateful for the mother you were and the ways that you influence the mother I am. I'm feeling so happy within my motherhood right now because of the changes I've made in my life this year, and I know that that would make you happy if you were here. Oh, how I wish you were. Happy Mother's Day, Mama. I love you forever and ever and always. Love, Rachel. My friends, as I end this special episode, I want to remind you of the incredible impact you're having on your children. I know that from personal experience because there is a huge hole in my life since my mother passed away. And every year on Mother's Day, I reflect on just how important this work is that we're doing. Our children don't want picture-perfect mothers who are doing all the right things but feeling stressed out and overwhelmed all the time. Our children want us with all of our uniqueness. They deserve to have happy and fulfilled mothers. And even more than that, we deserve to be happy and fulfilled mothers. If you're not quite there right now, that's okay. And the Declutter Your Motherhood audio course can help and would be a perfect gift to ask for or to get yourself for Mother's Day. As always, please know that I'm rooting for you. I will be thinking about you on this Mother's Day, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.